You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi guys, and welcome back to another new episode of Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, and I am the host. And before we get started, before we jump into anything, I want to give the quick reminder that I always do that although this podcast is called Uni Therapy and I am a therapist, this is not a substitution for therapy. And at the same time, it might encourage you to go to therapy and it might encourage you to talk about something specific in your own therapeutic process. So... Now that we have that out of the way, let's get into the episode. This week, it's just me, me and you and all the other people listening. And I have been wanting to do this episode for a long time. So I'm excited that it's finally here. We are going to talk about something called the drama triangle. It's also known as the Cartman triangle. This is a way to explain a very common pattern of unhealthy relationship dynamics. If you're my client, you've probably heard of this before. You've probably seen me draw the triangle before. We've probably talked about it before. If you are not my client, you might have still heard of this before, and we are going to dive into the depths of it today. It's something that can really apply to anybody. So even if you are like, I don't know what that is, and I don't have drama in my life, one, I don't know if that's true. I feel like there's an essence of drama in everybody's life. But really give this episode a listen with like your ears wide open because there's a lot of goodness in it. Now, like I said, this is often referred to as the Cartman Triangle because it was created by a man named Stephen Cartman. And this is, in a nutshell, a dynamic model of social interaction and in that the conflict that arises within. And it was like birthed out of something called transactional analysis. This transactional analysis is based on the idea that everyone has these three ego states. Now, side note, transactional analysis would be a whole podcast that like I am not the expert to do alone, but there's so much in it that it can be. So I'm really like moving this into like the smallest little bubble just so I can like explain this and move on to the drama triangle. So if you're interested in it, know that like 
there's more to it. In these three ego states, they're the parents, the adult, and the child. And those ego states are used with different concepts to analyze how people communicate. And in TA, they use the idea of games to describe common forms of interaction that help the players involved, so the people in the game, express things that otherwise would be like frowned upon, looked down upon. And when I say games, in TA, they describe a game as a social interaction containing a series of transactions that involve uh, moving through different roles to get to an expected outcome. Now, Stephen Cartman took this idea and combined it with his love and interest in sports. So he saw and he, he knew that like coaches used diagrams and, and pictures to explain things to the players on a team. So he combined the social game theory from TA with this idea of diagrams and, and using that to explain interaction and created the drama triangle. Now, as we go through this, I really want to encourage you to just be open Because while this is a very unhealthy relationship dynamic, it's also one that we have most likely all been a part of, myself included. So this is in no way something that it was created to place blame or create shame within somebody. It is a way to understand the patterns of communication that don't work. So then we can go find ones that do work and get our needs really met in an authentic way. And One of the reasons that the dynamic involved in the drama triangle exists is because very often we get taught that to get our needs met, we have to like go sideways. And what I mean by that is you can't directly ask for what you need. This then turns into a game and it brings in these these ideas of um, manipulation. It's not even like this mean manipulation. It's not ill intention, but it's like the only way to get your needs met because you were taught you can't ask directly. So basically, when we're on the drama triangle, we're just essentially engaging in some form of of manipulation. And if we play the tape all the way through, which you'll see, it's not going to end well. It's not actually going to get you in the long run what you need in a sustainable way. Now, there are three roles in the drama triangle because, you know, a triangle has like three points, right? So there's three roles. Keep in mind that these are roles that people unconsciously play. There are times in life when these roles are things that we are actually in. And for the sake of this episode, we are not talking about those times. And this will make more sense as I explain the roles. But for example, one of the roles is victim. And there are times when we are playing a victim role in order to get our needs met in an indirect way. That is what we're talking about today. Not when we are like actually in these victim areas. Also, side note, if this stuff is confusing you at any point today, then I want you to know that you're probably understanding it at the same time that you're confused because this is chaotic and it's a chaotic way to interact and it feels that way when you're in it. So if you're listening and you're like, that sounds chaotic, what? I can't keep up. Well, you're probably getting it because that's what it is. So let's go back to the roles. The three roles, we have a persecutor, we have a rescuer, and then we have the victim. And I went to this training years ago. I wish I could remember the facilitator, but she was explaining something and she was using this as the basis of it. And she created three different names that she uses when she explains the drama triangle to families. And that is for the persecutor, she uses blaming bully. For the rescuer, she uses bossy helper. And for the victim, she uses helpless baby. So if you are explaining this to family, these are easier kind of roles to understand sometimes. 
Here's one thing too I want to mention. Each of us usually have like a start gate position or our go-to comfy spot that gets us involved in the triangle. However, what happens is there ends up being this competition to eventually be the victim, which maybe right now you're like, ooh, why would I want to be that? But hang on and it will definitely become more clear. But just know that like even if we jump on here as a rescuer, a lot of times we will end up in a victim role no matter what. Now, each role has its own benefits and each role has its own rewards. Each one also has its own problematic features. And we're going to go into each one and identify those. So let's start with the persecutor or the blaming bully. So this seems to be like everyone's least favorite, but also it isn't that hard to find yourself here, especially after you've been on the triangle for a little bit. The persecutor or the blaming bully causes a significant amount of damage, but they do not take responsibility. They take zero responsibility for that damage. They're essentially labeled the bad guy. These people are more controlling. They tend to be more angry. And their job is to keep the victim oppressed. They can't be vulnerable because if they do, then they risk being a victim themselves. What they'll do is they'll yell, they'll criticize, but they don't actually help fix the problem. Their role is not to fix the problem. They essentially keep the problem going. And this person always needs to be right. The people that jump into your like start gate, they can seem very narcissistic. They're, they are literally bullies and they're also tend to be pretty defensive. This, and if we're talking about those ego states we were talking about, this one kind of aligns with the critical parent. So the next role is the rescuer role. And I know this one sounds nice. You're like, if I had a V1, I would be the rescuer. And to be honest, in a healthy way that is not involved in this game, it's okay to rescue somebody. And like, we can be helpers and do all of that in an okay way. But when we're talking about the rescuer here, it's really not okay. And this is why. The rescuer, known really as like the nice guy, right? So... They do take on the good cop role here, adjacent to the bad cop role of the persecutor. This role involves always helping and always trying to fix the victim who never seems to get fixed. Now, more than likely, this is a good person, right? Initially, this is like a good person, good intentions, but it becomes problematic when they end up draining themselves. So they will like give, 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 give to save the victim and they end up neglecting their own needs in their own life and they become like this martyr. And it's kind of like your classic like codependent in a sense. This role allows people to feel important and self-righteous, right? So if I'm the rescuer, I feel pretty good about myself. And it kind of like clears and like feeds your ego. The problem though is the attempt to fix the problem, which is the victim, doesn't actually work. And then the victim becomes the persecutor and can end up blaming the rescuer because it's never the victim's fault. And then the rescuer becomes a victim themselves and will say something along the lines of like, I was only trying to help, like this is not my fault. And then somebody has to come rescue the initial rescuer and it becomes a whole mess, which we'll get into like the dance and I'll give you an example as we go on. Like I said, these people work really hard to help and and caretake and they end up neglecting their own needs. And they can use guilt to keep the victims dependent on them. Or they'll end up using guilt towards themselves to keep themselves in the role. Like they'll guilt trip themselves to keep themselves in the rescuer role to stay on this triangle. Rescuers are usually like overworked. They're usually pretty tired and they they can get pretty frustrated. And that's what kind of like gets them into the persecutor spot. Hey guys, Kat here. And I have something 
very important to talk to you guys about. Now, I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick, or you just need a little extra boost, I think I've found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be Cozy Earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. It feels like you are stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code UNEED at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you You Need Therapy after you check out. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Now, let's focus on the victim for a little bit. This is like the star of the show because everyone is really fighting for this role, even if they don't think they are or they don't really want it, they really are fighting for it. Now, the drama triangle becomes this game when you play the role of the victim, even if you are not a victim, like I said earlier before we got into all this. This is adjacent to the role of the wounded inner child, if we go back to those ego states from TA. Everyone really wants to say it's not my fault. Everyone really wants to be able to claim zero responsibility because I kind of want to like pause and ask you why you think that, but I'm just going to tell you this is because then they don't have to do anything. They can be very carefree. They can like deny responsibility for their circumstances or their ability to change their circumstances. And while that might be like, I wouldn't want that. Like, I don't like feeling stuck. What people do like feeling is that they don't have to do the hard work to get unstuck. Because a lot of times to get out of this victim stance or this victim place, you're going to have to do something that goes against some of the rules and roles and norms that you've been shown growing up. What can be really frustrating for the rescuer is that a lot of times anything anyone says to the victim is not going to work. They'll always have an excuse. Always, 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 always. That can't do that. That won't work. I've already tried that. No, I can't. Like a lot of that. When we're here, it's hard to own our own behaviors. And if you can stay here, like I said, then you don't have to do anything. And that sounds really nice to a lot of people. The victim really doesn't actually want to do anything. They may not acknowledge that. Most people will not acknowledge that, but it's also true at the same time. 
And when somebody tells them what to do, like I said, they will find an excuse so they can stay there. And if you are a rescuer, this is so painful and you will wear yourself out because of this often to the point where you can just get completely fed up and then you become a persecutor and then you blame the victim for you acting out and then you're the victim because you can't help it and because you can't help the original victim help themselves and then the original victim becomes responsible for caretaking the original rescuer's feelings. Blah. Are we confused yet? Do we feel chaotic yet? Probably. Now, okay, back to the victim. (laughs) They will go out and look for a savior. So they are like on the hunt for them. They will not say that. It will not be blatant again, but they will do that. And if someone refuses or fails to do so, then it puts them in a persecutor role. If the person that they've chosen to be the rescuer or the person that chooses to rescue isn't able to rescue them, then the victim turns them into a persecutor. Here's the thing. They don't want to just be like validated for their experience. They want somebody to fix them right? The validation isn't enough. It's like, okay, yeah, I know. And do something about it. Here's the thing about being a victim though. When you are in the victim role, when you get in that role, you get to a spot where you can actually get your needs met without directly asking for that to be done. So if you were one of those people who grew up in an experience where directly asking for your needs or asking for what you want or any of that wasn't okay, this gets you to a place where like, it feels like you can finally get what you need. This is why it's such a coveted position. Now, not all victims are created equal. There are different kinds of victims. There's two main ones I want to explain. One, the pathetic victim. (laughs) They take on the more like, woe is me type of role. Like they have this vibe of like, oh, life, again, life happens to me. I can't help it. It's so sad. And you, it's kind of like those people that, depending on who you are, it's either the people that you're like, oh, I cannot stand that. Or it's like, oh, I feel so bad for them. I, want, I would do anything for them. Then you have the angry victim. This one like low-key tries to appear very powerful and uses more of like a guilt and shame tactic to help get people to do what they need them to do. Now, regardless of either of those, these players in the game both want there to be someone else to blame for their circumstances. And they are literally fishing for a rescuer and hoping for them to come like take the bait of whatever it is that they're putting out there. So the game, those are the roles. The game that keeps this triangle in action is basically rotating through these roles, which are essentially learned from the individuals like family of origin, like the family and the like the group of people that you grew up with. What gives the triangle a lot of power and significance and creates a dynamic where people are just cycling through the roles and never getting out of this is that victims depend on a savior. Rescuers then like long for like a basket case and somebody that they can like go and help and fix and persecutors need a scapegoat. They're all using each other to get their own needs met and in a very indirect way. And there are payoffs and there are costs for this. So some of the payoffs, the victim, they will get taken care of, right? Someone will care about them. They'll get some kind of need met in that. The rescuers, they're going to feel good. Like they get to feel like to get some self-worth because they get to help and make a difference. And the persecutors, they get to feel superior. So if they're somebody that feels really low and bad about themselves, this is a way for them to like get above. And this is why I really like that name, the blaming bully, because this is like what we know about bullies is like 
I know growing up, I thought the bullies were the people that like felt really good about themselves. But a lot of times bullies are people that feel really icky about themselves and they have to put people down to feel better about who they are. They have to be above somebody. They can't be even because they definitely feel below. However, like I said, there's also a cost, even though there are benefits. And the cost here is that this universally perpetuates an unhealthy relational dynamic and you will never actually get your needs met authentically for a sustainable period of time. And you're going to have to keep engaging in this unhealthy pattern to have your needs met again if this is how you get them met. Now, this can become like a trap at the same time because the players here are acting all these things out to meet personal needs and they very seldom are able to like zoom out, see the whole picture and see how they are actually keeping this cycle in play. It feels like they have to play the game to get their needs met, but what they don't realize is that they're part of the reason that they have to play the game to get their needs met. And if they zoomed out and saw their role, they could get off of this triangle. And we're going to talk about that. Now, we can trace a lot of the natural tendency to keep this going back to this idea called victim consciousness, which is something that along with transactional analysis could be its whole own podcast. So I'm not going to talk a lot about it, but I am going to give you in a nutshell what it is. So in short, this is the experience of like life happening to you versus you playing an active role in your life. And this doesn't just apply to you when something bad happens. It applies to you when something good happens too. Like you can trace back good things to like, oh, I was just lucky versus like I worked really hard or I am really good at this or I deserve this. It just is kind of like, oh, it just happened. I don't really know. It's a very helpless and hopeless way to live, but also it lacks that responsibility, which is something that is very attractive to a lot of people. So with victim consciousness and play, competition for the victim role helps keep the triangle alive. Each player secretly strategizes like some kind of way to get into that role because like I said, in the victim role, that's when you actually get to have those like real needs met without directly having to ask. And then you can blame other people if it doesn't work out, right? This is most evident in these dysfunctional families where it was not okay for directly asking for what you need and directly asking for what you need would like result in something like opposite of really what you were looking for. It could be shame. It could be guilt. It could just be like being shown over and over again that like that's not okay or that you that's not possible. It doesn't work out. So you stop doing it and you find another way to do it. And often this is the case because in the, these families, whatever was needed was like scarce or wasn't very present. It was hard to find, meaning that there is this feeling that there's not enough of what people are are longing for to go around. So you can't ask for it because it's almost like that would be a little selfish and that would elicit some kind of panic, right? This is also the result of messages we receive in our culture of what is okay and what isn't okay to ask for. What roles are we supposed to play and how are we supposed to play those roles? For example, gender roles have a huge impact on women's feelings and their ability and right to be like assertive and just like be direct. So what happens is a lot of times women can become more passive and can feel more comfortable playing like a victim in order to get whatever it is that they need or they're looking for. And As I'm saying this, the first thing that's jumping into my head is this idea of playing dumb in order to get like a need of attention met by, let's say, a man. While men, they are so allowed to be assertive and 
they may meet their need of like self-worth and validation by rescuing a woman from their inability to use like, let's say a hammer, right? So men are allowed to be assertive and we can fix things and we can build things. And so like they might get this need met of self-worth and validation and being needed by playing into a woman's role where they're like, oh, I can't, I don't know how to do that. I don't know why I made the woman sound like that, but like that's sometimes how it sounds. And at the same time, that woman might be playing a role. She might totally know how to use a hammer and how to drill something and how to do this and how to do that. But to get that attention, she has to play herself down and can't be assertive because the man wants to be assertive. So then it invites him in and then there he gets worth. She gets attention. They both get some kind of weird and authentic connection. Kind of like the damsel in distress kind of idea is what I just tried to explain. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. So I want to give an example of how these roles rotate really quickly and how you can play like a bunch of different roles. So I want to give you an example of what these roles can look like when they move around and when there's a bunch of people on the triangle and they're all shifting roles based on what's happening in the situation. So I'm taking this example. I did not come up with this. This comes from the book, How to Break Free of the Drama Triangle and Victim Consciousness. And it's written by Barry K. Weinhold and Janae B. Weinhold. And this book is awesome. And a lot of the information from this podcast is actually from this book. So if you want more, I would go get this book. And I would also read it slowly because it's a lot of information. It's a lot of heady information. But here's an example of a family in the drama triangle. They also break these into acts. There's six acts. This is act one. 
Dad comes home from work to find his children in the family room, watching television and eating snacks. Mom is in the kitchen drinking a cup of coffee and reading the newspaper. This domestic scene does not match the expectations that Dad had on his drive home. He fantasized that the house would be quiet, the children would be in their rooms doing homework, and Mom would have dinner prepared and maybe a cold drink waiting for him. When Dad opens the front door, he finds things are not as he imagined. He assumes the persecutor role when he vents his pent-up frustrations from work at the children. This is in quotes. You're supposed to be in your rooms doing your homework. You know the rules. The children look up from the television, stunned by Dad's sharp tone. Feeling persecuted by Father, they respond as victims. Well, Mom said it was okay for us to watch TV. Mom then comes to the living room after hearing the raised voices, and the children look to their mother for help. She assumes the role as the rescuer when she says to Dad, the kids were just relaxing after being at school all day. This is end of Act 1. Act 2. The second act opens at the point where mom moves from the rescuer to the persecutor role and attacks dad. Why do you have to come home every night and yell at the kids? Dad rotates into the victim role and the children quickly pick up the rescuer role. They turn off the TV and say, we're going to our rooms to do our homework. This is the end of act two. Act three. Dad shifts to the persecutor role and attacks mom. Why in the heck did you let the kids watch TV? And why don't you have dinner ready? What have you been doing since you got home from work? You knew I'd be hungry. Mom now rotates into the victim role. Meanwhile, the daughter hears her parents arguing in the kitchen and she comes running in to rescue. I'll help you get dinner ready, mom. End of act three. Act four. Dad, sensing that he looks like the bad guy, tries to rescue by saying, why don't we all just order a pizza or something and not worry about getting dinner ready? Act five. Mom, who hasn't yet been the victim, overrides dad's victim effort by claiming the super victim or martyr role. She says, I'm perfectly capable of getting dinner. Besides, it's too late for pizza. I already defrosted the meat for dinner and we can't afford to let it go to waste. Act six. Mom switches into the persecutor role and dad to the victim when she says to him, all you can think of is something that is going to cost us more money. You don't ever pitch in to help get dinner ready. You just complain about it not being ready. Act seven. At this point, dad can shift either to victim or super persecutor. He decides to rage and explodes into persecutor so he can vent even more of his feelings from his frustrating day. I'm tired of always being the bad guy. I'm going to go watch TV. I don't even want any dinner. He then withdraws to the family room as the angry victim. So in that example, you can see how these roles just kind of feed off of each other and everybody's kind of fighting to get their needs met, but they don't really want to be responsible for getting those needs met. And sometimes the need can just be like expressing your emotions. So dad needed to vent about his frustrating day. He didn't just do that. He took it out in a very indirect way. So I wonder if you kind of look at that and look at how you're interacting in your life, you could probably pick up how this happens. You're also going to be picking up now that you know about this on how this is happening in TV shows or within your friends or any of that. You're going to see it literally everywhere. And like I said, the main problem with this game is that the dynamic won't actually work for you in the long run. It's a very short term, not great way to get a need met in the moment, but it creates more conflict really. And while you're going to be able to pick this up more often in your own life, recognizing it isn't going to actually change it. It is a strong first step. So the first step of getting out of this dynamic is definitely recognizing and knowing that I'm on it. And at the same time, recognizing that you can only control yourself. You can't fix or change someone else. And 
when we try to do that, we end up a lot of times just making a bad situation worse. For example, imagine trying to get a persecutor to back off. They usually will just become defensive and they'll switch them into a different role and then to you into a different role. And if you were focus less on trying to get the persecutor to back off and focus more on how you're actually impacting that dynamic, you're going to feel a lot better. And while we've already established that when we get onto this triangle, we usually end up playing more than one role. There's also this thing that happens where you can see yourself as one role and somebody else can see you as a completely other role. A persecutor might think that they are rescuing, but someone might see them as persecuting them and feel victimized by them. You can see this all of the time in politics and in religion. Like there might be somebody who like thinks that they're going to implement this awesome policy and help all of these people, but a lot of people might feel oppressed by them. So they see this person that is trying to be a rescuer actually as a persecutor. And I actually have a really good example of this from my own life. Now, for the sake of this, I've kind of embellished like a little bit of the scenario, but the gist of it is true. And what happened was years ago, after I graduated grad school, I had all this student loan debt and I didn't know what the heck to do with it. It It's very confusing to me. I don't understand money. So I reach out to uh, my dad who in my head knows how to do that stuff. He'll know how to help me. He'll be somebody that can tell me or show me the way to help figure out how to best pay my student loans off. There is backstory to this in the sense that I could have gone to grad school for free and I chose not to do that. And my dad made it obvious that he thought that was not the best decision for me. And I understand in my old age now why he felt that way in my like angst of a young 20 something. I was like, I will do what I want. But that was the backstory. So there was this part of him who was like, oh, you really shouldn't have this in the first place. But I wanted my dad to rescue me. And I wanted him to help me. And I wanted to feel cared for by my dad and helped and connected by my dad. So I reached out. He set me up with this person to talk me through finances and how to pay these back. I'm going to skip a lot because I just don't think it's important for me to relive this. But the meeting that was set up, I ended that meeting hysterical complete tears. There are a lot of things said in that meeting that I didn't appreciate. I felt very hurt. And what had happened is I chose to ask somebody to help me do something when I already knew that our views did not align. And my dad encouraged me to meet with somebody whose views aligned with his views. And so my views did not align with this person. So I got on this triangle as a victim and I wanted my dad to rescue me. And I think that my dad really did think he was helping me and this would be the best way to do it. He really thought he was playing this rescuer role. I wanted my dad to be a white knight. He probably wanted to be that white knight for me because I know he loves me and cares about me. And I saw him as a persecutor. So what did I do after that meeting? I called my mom and I just got one more person on this triangle with me (laughs) playing this victim role. Then I went to my mom to be the rescuer mom. And I don't know what I said, but something like, mom, I can't believe what dad did. And I was like hysterical and all this stuff. And I put my mom in this really awkward position where she can either rescue me and in her rescuing, she's going to have to persecute my dad or she can persecute me and then rescue my dad. And it really wasn't fair. So in the end, my mom ends up being a victim because she can't say the right thing. And then I get mad at her. And then I'm like the super victim and it's a whole mess. 
a whole mess when the reality was I should have just been honest about what I was asking for. And I probably should not have asked my dad to help me with something that I knew we did not agree on. Now, here's the thing. There's a way to get off of this trap and get out of this game. And I use some of these things that I'm about to tell you to get out of that dynamic with my dad. And that kind of situation has never happened again because of this. So here's how you get out. We already established that noticing it is key and noticing your role and how you keep it going. Then there's three other things that I suggest. So one is noticing, noticing your role, all of that. So I noticed that like, whoa, I did this thing. I should have never asked for this. I am playing a game here. I am trying to be a victim. I am trying to have people help me because life is too hard and I don't want to do it myself or whatever it was for me at that point. So the second thing that we need to do in that, so recognize we're on it, create some boundaries. Where do we need to stop letting people in, hoping things will be different this time, right? That whole idea of like, where do we need to stop going to the hardware looking for bread? So my dad can do a lot of things for me, a lot of things, a lot of really awesome things. He is an awesome dad. That is not something that I need to ask him to help me with. Finances, mm -mm. I'm not going to get the love and care and validation that I need from my dad by having a conversation about how I should spend and invest my money. Not going to happen. So I need to stop going to the hardware store looking for bread and I need to go to the hardware store to get hardware and I need to go to the bread store to get bread or I guess maybe the grocery store. But I guess there could be a bread store. There is a bread store where I went to college. Anyway, you know what I mean? So the boundaries. Number three is this one's really tough. Boundaries are tough, but this one is also really tough. We have to start lowering our expectations. So where do we need to accept people for who they are and not what we want them to be? Because when we can see people for really truly who they actually are, we get to appreciate what they do offer us. We get to appreciate all the things we love about them instead of really getting pissed off over and over and over and hurt over and over and over about the things that they are not. So where can we lean in to who they are and stop trying to make them into somebody that they aren't? And going back to that same idea with my dad, there are so many things about him that I love. There are so many things about him that I don't know like how to survive without. Like he is a, again, wonderful dad, but I couldn't see that fully in that moment because all I was focused on is this one thing that I wanted him to be able to do that he couldn't do, which in the long run, everybody has shortcomings. Everybody is not going to be able to do it all and meet it all. So how, where do we need to lower expectations? And then four self-care because all of this is very hard we need some self-care like it's hard to lower expectations it's hard to accept people it's hard to accept that we aren't going to get everything that we want out of life the way we want want it it's hard it's true but it's hard and i used a kind of low stakes example here right so this example with my dad i still have a really awesome relationship with my dad and and this was a a bump in the road but it did not like ruin our relationship and i didn't have to like let go of a full relationship with him. So when I am talking about this, I know that in some of your lives and some areas of my life, this was a lot bigger than that. And so the expectations that I had to lower felt a lot harder and the boundaries I had to create were a lot more difficult and sad and scary. So this is hard stuff. It is really hard stuff. And also, like I said, to really get out of that victim role, we have to move out of that idea that we can't ask for our needs directly. And that's really tough. That is really, really tough that we can't be direct. We're going against everything we knew. So because that's so difficult, we need to care for ourselves well. 
we need to validate ourselves. We need to give ourselves space and time and, and some love. So self-care, really important. We can't skip that one. So that is going to wrap up this episode. And I'm sure there'll, there'll be some questions about this. So feel free to send them. You can send them to Catherine at uniontherapypodcast.com. Um, again, the book that I really want to recommend, it's also hard to read fast, but the book is How to Break Free of the Drama Triangle and Victim Consciousness. And then there's another book by Stephen Cartman called A Game-Free Life that you might be interested in. Both of those books will probably be very helpful if you want to learn more about this. I do not suggest doing a Google search on this because I actually Google searched it and a lot of the stuff that I found, some of it was good and helpful and true. Some of it I was like, this seems weird or off or I don't know what this means. And so I recommend like going to the experts about this. And so those two books I really love and highly recommend them. I hope that this was helpful. And again, if you felt chaotic, it's because this stuff is chaotic. So you're probably getting it exactly how it is. So again, hope this was helpful. If you have questions, send them. If you want to follow me, you can do that on Instagram at cat.defada. If you want to follow the podcast, you can do that at you need therapy podcast. And if you want to give a review to the podcast, if you just haven't yet, and it's been something that has been helpful to you, I want to ask this favor. And that is to scroll to the bottom of Apple podcasts and rate and review this pretty, pretty, pretty please. I hope you guys have the day, the week, the hour that you need to have. And I will talk to you guys on Wednesday for Couch Talks. Bye guys. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.